Welcome to another veterinary team training podcast. My name is Amy Newfield and I'm both the host and owner of Vet Team Training. Please check out my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com. And also, please like my Facebook page. If you haven't done so already, please like it. I'm trying to get to 10,000 likes before the end of 2022 and I think it's a lofty goal and probably is not going to happen, but hey, we can all dream big, right? Who does that's would be a career highlight is 10,000 likes. That's it. Everything else, book being published, my speaking career would mean nothing compared to 10,000 likes on Facebook. But no, seriously, you should like it. Okay. So let's dive into today's podcast. I'm going to talk about why you need to stop being biased because you're a hypocrite. Um, yeah, I'm going there because, well, I am also a hypocrite and I am also at times biased. And if you don't recognize your own biases, you will never move past it. So let's dive into this hot topic because I think that we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about how we have biases and how we put them on others and how our views of other people are biased and even of other animals and either and even of other situations. We don't want to admit it because it makes us feel like we're discriminating. We feel like we're less than. It can't possibly be me. I, I There's no way I discriminate against anyone or anything. I am part of this woke movement and I have been woken up to, you know, gender neutrality. I have been woken up to n- a racial inclusion. I've been woken up to all of those things. There's no way that I contribute to any anything that is negative outside of the woke movement. And reality is we're all contributing to it. And until we recognize that, we cannot move forward. So I'm going to call it out. I'm a white woman in her 40s, okay? I have been privileged because of my skin color. I was very lucky to grow up in an affluent town. I appreciate all that I came from. I totally do. I feel like I am inclusive of all genders and sexes. And and maybe I feel that way because I grew up in a town that had a higher than normal gay population. And that was normal for me. In fact, I didn't even know there was prejudice against gay individuals until I left my tiny hometown. And then I was surprised. I was I had never heard the word fag or homo until I left to go to college in the 90s. And I was appalled. I went to my first college was in Maine. And a lot of people, both men and women, would use such a negative derogatory term. And it was offensive to me because I know I knew a ton of gay people in my town and just it was normal for me. We had a lot of transgenders. We had Miss Gay Pennsylvania would come to our hometown, which was amazing. Rainbow flags flew freely. And this was in the 80s when this apparently was not the norm. But for me growing up, it was considered normal. So while I am not gay, I actually knew many gay people in a very young age. And that normalized it for me. And so therefore, leaving my small hometown and going into other parts of the country, it was shocking. I was also very fortunate because my grandparents lived in Northeast Philadelphia. And my mother was a director of nursing of a nursing home that employed a lot of colored individuals from the city. And so for me, even though I grew up in a very white town, I had the opportunity to see a lot of diversification and get to experience a lot. That does not make me perfect. It doesn't matter my background. The fact is I am a white woman in her 40s who grew up in a very well-off town in Pennsylvania 
And even though I had those opportunities, it doesn't make me perfect. And I'm very much not perfect. So let's talk about how we are all biased. Because until we start recognizing that, we cannot break down some of these barriers. First of all, let's talk about what bias is. Bias uses your own background and experience. You have to recognize that how you grew up influences your thoughts about how other people are living their lives or your beliefs on other people. So this results in reviewing other practices, expectations, perceptions as either inferior or wrong in some sort of way because that's not what you were used to and you see that in that particular way. Again, even though I had the opportunity to be introduced to so many different cultures and experiences, sexes, races, religions, it doesn't make me perfect. It it absolutely does not. So we have to recognize where did we come from and what does that look like? No one is perfect. Trust me on this. As much as I believe with my entire soul and well-being that I'm inclusive of everyone regardless of race, religion, sex, or identity, or color, or any of that, I have to recognize that I hold an unconscious bias. And unconscious bias has become a bit of a buzzword. But until we actually admit that, yes, all of us hold some level of unconscious bias, then we can't move past that. The reality is, is that unconscious bias makes you totally aware that you are actually favoring one person or a group over another. That's what makes it unconscious. That's the actual definition of it. And these ideas are formed so early in life and so subtly that they bypass our rational thinking. You are left believing that, no, that can't be me. I'm very inclusive. There's no way I'm biased. But that's the tricky thing about having unconscious bias. It lives in your brain whether you want it to or not. We all have it, so we have to admit it. And I know some of you are right now saying, not me, Amy. I am completely inclusive. I grew up with X, Y, and Z. My parents taught me to love everyone. There's no way I'm biased against everything or anyone. Okay, here we go. Ready? I'm going to challenge you. Which breed of dog probably bites people more often? Yeah, did you say Chihuahua? Yeah, you're probably right. That's true. Is it? Or are we biased against them? Is that actually true? What about the bias against pit bulls? I mean, that's a huge bias out there. You've got entire towns banning pit bulls from walking on streets without a muzzle. I mean, we have homeowners insurance who will not insure bully breeds because of a certain bias. Isn't that crazy? We have biases against animals. All right, I want you to think about Husky. Are they brave against pain? Oh, no. Most of you in your brain, you just thought, yeah, Huskies are wimp. Or are they? Are they truly wimps against pain or is that our bias against them? Do they need less pain medication or the same medication or maybe they need more? What about that customer that comes in and they have holes in their pants and their shoes look disheveled? You look out, there's a beat up car. It's completely an old car. It probably shouldn't even be on the road legally. They come and they don't even smell very good. And now their dog has a broken leg. You can see it. And they say to you, "My, I think my dog broke his leg like yesterday. I'm not really sure. He's been limping a lot. But clearly it's broken. You can see it from across the room. And then that pet owner says to you, well, I didn't bring him in, you know, because I was working in the shop. What did you just think about? They've got no money. Did you pass a bias that they have no money? You didn't even ask them if they have money. You just assumed they did not have money based on your perception. There's a bias there. Are you going to treat them differently? Are you going to walk back and say to your veterinarian or your technician, ugh, 
We've got somebody up there who probably doesn't have any money. Is that going to come out of your mouth? Yeah, you've got bias. And while those all seem very benign biases, like Amy, it's against a dog or a cat or, you know, a, a customer. And it probably is true. Wait a minute. Did you say it probably is true? There's that unconscious bias. You are giving yourself permission and you're excusing your behavior because you can't possibly discriminate or have bias. But the problem lies is that when we then look at it on a human level, it becomes really detrimental. So many individuals still believe that Asians are great at math. They're so smart at math. I wish I I wish I was as smart as Asians with math, but you know why they're like that. It's because they're so driven. I mean, they just are really rigorous with school and that's what makes them much smarter than the rest of the general population when it comes to like math and science. That's a very large detrimental bias that still exists hugely in our population today. And when you think about it, it seems benign enough. What's the harm in thinking that another, you know, race or ethnicity is smarter than us? But there is, there's a problem because then we assume that that's all, that that generation or that race or that religion or that sex or that culture is good for, right? That Asians are great at math. If you have a math problem in school, just go ask an Asian. They surely must be able to figure it out for you. And that's where it becomes harmful. Because we say all the time, we as individuals say, I don't want to be pigeonholed into a stereotype. How dare they believe that women aren't good at fixing cars? How dare they think that? How dare they think that as a woman, I can't do X, Y, and Z simply because I'm a woman? That's a bias. That's Then it turns into discrimination. Because unfortunately, that bias then precludes other people to truly believe that I can't do something because I am a woman. And that unfortunately takes away opportunity from me. Just like when we believe that Asians are better at math, do school teachers then push these students who come from that background to more math and science, therefore depriving them of English and arts? We will never know because this is where unconscious bias comes into. And these unconscious biases that we all have unfortunately become dangerous to our entire career. It's not just about the school kids. It's not just about, you know, making sure that everyone's considered equal within our school system. Don't even get me started on color differences, you know. For those individuals who are not white, teachers often pigeonhole them into classes that unfortunately are for special needs kids. They don't afford them as much opportunity. They assume that they are the troublemakers. They get into detention more often and therefore they are not set up as well as white colored kids. There's a lot of studies unfortunately out there. So those biases turn into discrimination. And these biases that are placed on kids at such an early Early age that turn into discrimination cause lifelong detrimental issues. In someone's career, you could end up holding someone back from advancing in their career without even realizing it, relying on first impressions, stereotypes, off-the-cuff evaluation criteria, and the similar-to-me effect contribute greatly to biases in our career. 
I spoke about this. Where are all the veterinary women leaders? We still have the vast majority of practice owners and individuals in CEO, COO, and president positions being men in our veterinary industry. And yet, our industry is 80 to 90% women in this country. And so, where are all the women leaders? Part of it is unfortunately women don't advocate for themselves. That's true, and that's the excuse that's given. The other flip side to that is that there is still a huge bias that women do not make great leaders. You know, if you put a woman in a leadership position, eventually they're going to have a baby and they can't take that career seriously, and then they're going to want to be a mother. And so we probably shouldn't promote her, right? Because she's going to have a baby at some point. Oh my gosh, they still exist and they're unconscious and that's what makes them the devil. It's interesting because a few years ago, Amazon, Amazon, a huge company, announced that it was going to pull its AI-driven resume screening tool because it was unable to strip the anti-female bias out of it when it reviewed candidates. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Um, So it actually pulled its own artificial intelligence-driven resume screening tool because of what it found was that the technology that was created was created with a bias. And so unfortunately, our ever-increasing reliance on technology, we end up pro programming biases into our tech solutions and they become part of our culture. I mean, Amazon's found this. They found that less and less female candidates were getting through to executive positions because they were getting screened out from this AI-driven resume screening tool. That's crazy to me. So yes, even technology can be biased, but it's because the person inputting the technology has a bias. So I want you to say it all with me. I am biased. I have biases. Let's repeat that. I am biased. I have biases. When we can all admit that, now let's try really hard to recognize when those unconscious biases come up and they are hidden and they are manipulative. Could you imagine if we were unbiased? An unbiased human being would just simply be able to function and just look at the world as it is. They would not make any uh, assumptions on an individual. Imagine individuals being promoted in school or in their career simply because of the work they're doing, not because of any unconscious biases. In 2009, in the Annual Review of Psychology, a study was published called Prejudice Reduction, What Works? A Review and Assessment of Research and Practice. And its goal was to figure out Is there a way that we can stop unconscious bias? Is there a conclusive way that we can actually stop all bias? And unfortunately, that study concluded there is no convincing conclusive method for completely eradicating prejudice and bias entirely. It's just not going to happen. It's always going to be part of humankind. It's just the way it works because it's how you were brought up to believe certain things. When I say that, it sounds like there's nothing that can be done. But the good news is that while eliminating bias and prejudice and discrimination is pretty much impossible, there are degrees at which people are biased and prejudiced, partially as a product of experience. So it's safe to assume that if we have these conversations and if we start doing a lot of self-reflection, we can actually keep a lid on our bias better than most people. And so it really starts with us. I cannot change your bias. Whatever biases you have, whatever crazy things that you believe about others, I can't change that. Only you can change that. 
But the good news is you can make a difference in how you view others. And once you get a grip on your own bias and it's always gonna be a work in projects, then that's where you can educate others and just have a conversation. Let's normalize this conversation. Let's all talk about how we all have bias. We're all prejudiced at times and we all discriminate. I am a white woman and very much I can be a Karen at times, or can I? Do you just assume I fly off the handle and go batshit crazy because I'm a white woman with rage? Do I have rage? Do all white women have rage? You see where I'm going with this? So it doesn't matter of your culture, your sex, your ethnicity, your sexual orientation. It doesn't matter. The minute you admit that you do not have unconscious bias is the minute you are lying to yourself. So let's figure out how we can put the lid a little bit more on our bias, keep it a little bit more in check, and really focus on ways that we can hold ourselves accountable. The first thing is to embrace cognitive diversity. This means that you learn to tolerate and even perhaps like people who think, act, and feel very differently from all of you. And that's okay. It may be as simple as just educating yourself, talking to an individual of a different sex, race, or religion. You know, I have had some amazing opportunities in my lifetime, and I've always tried to do my best to keep an open mind. But I went to Egypt after 9-11. There's a lot of still, to this day, bias and prejudice. And some of you, right now as you're listening, when I say the word Muslim, you think terrorist. One of the best experiences I've had was hiring a very young Egyptian guide. And he took us to these amazing mosques, sitting with him on the floor of a mosque and hearing his story about what it was like to be Muslim and how it's not different from many other religions was amazing. It really was amazing. And I have to tell you, if you want to embrace cognitive diversity, do something like that. It was an eye-opening experience for me just to hear in his words what it meant to be a young Muslim male post 9-11. Absolutely fantastic experience. I have a completely different perception of it. I have a love and appreciation for that religion that I never knew I would have. Um, Yeah, so do things like that. Get yourself comfortable with the uncomfortable. Talk to somebody of a different culture or race. Literally ask somebody, what is it like to be a black man in this town or this country? Talk to me about that because I want to know. I will never understand. I am a white woman. I'm never going to understand what it's even like to be a man or black. So very different for me. Just ask somebody. Usually that individual is going to be excited to talk about it. If somebody asked me, what are some of the biases against women and how could they be better in terms of interacting with women? I am happy to share that, people. I am like an open book. Game on. Let's educate each other. The next thing I want you to try to do is just cultivate and grow your own empathy. Empathy is different than compassion. Compassion, I feel sorry for you. That sucks. But empathy is the ability for me to pick myself up and truly put myself in another person's shoes and feel what they're feeling. Start by analyzing what other people may be thinking, their motives, and their attitudes. See it from their side. If someone felt that way about you or treated you in that way, how would you feel? 
Think about how you would feel if you were in their shoes. These and other simple exercises on perspective can just help you create an amazing habit for empathetic thinking, for feeling, and that's gonna hopefully allow you to be more tolerant, respectful, and also redirect your behavior from being biased. Another thing you can do is simply be aware of your language. Use inclusive language. So often we say, that woman over there, what does being a woman have to do with anything? Or, oh, this black guy showed up to the store. What does being black have to do with the story? So pull all of that stuff out of your own language because it's toxic and it will add to the bias. And I think we don't even realize it. We'll say things like that young kid. What does age have to do with the story? Probably has nothing to do with the story. And even if you're trying to make the argument, well, he's young and that's why he didn't understand, probably still has nothing to do with the story because there's a lot of older people who don't understand whatever you're trying to explain. So pull out that language, get rid of the age, get rid of the religion, get rid of all of that. We hear things like, well, the Catholics, I'm sorry, I'm sure the Catholics are just as guilty as every other religion. And it probably doesn't even have to do with religion. And if it does, you can simply say the religion or a religious individual. Why are we using certain biases against culture, race, religion, color, sex. Just be inclusive in your language. I'm guilty of it. I do it. And sometimes I catch myself and I go, oh my gosh, I was driving along and there was this crazy ass woman in the other car. Uh, Yep. I totally just added to the stereotype that women don't know how to drive and that she was acting crazy and all women who are driving must be crazy because women are crazy with their emotions. See, we don't even realize we do it. I'm guilty. So recognize whether or not your language is unfortunately not being inclusive and make it inclusive and apologize when it happens. And as I previously mentioned, the most important thing that we can do in trying to stop our own bias is recognizing it. There are some tests, go online and just check out bias test, am I bias test, and you'll see a bunch that pops up. And it's going to present you some questions and then probably grade you and give you a point system. It's important that we recognize our bias. It's important that we check our language at the door to make sure that we don't contribute to bias because bias leads to prejudice, prejudice leads to discrimination, and we are then all in trouble. It doesn't matter who you are because everybody in this entire planet, unfortunately, has biases against who they are as an individual, and we need to stop that. Because we certainly will say over and over, like I said before, I don't want anyone to stereotype me And yet, we do it to everyone else. That's what makes it an unconscious bias. Innately, I believe everyone has the same values, has the same goals in life. And truly, I believe that most individuals believe they are fully inclusive of everyone until we recognize that we have biases that lead to prejudice, that leads to discrimination. We will never stop those subtle unconscious biases. And so we have to recognize that. It's hard. So now that we have ourselves in check, how do we help others? How do we help our employees and our teams to understanding that they actually also have unconscious bias? The reality is, is that all we can do is have conversations. We can certainly bring tests in and have them take a test to identify whether or not they have unconscious biases. But really, it's up to them to recognize that, yes, I am guilty of unconscious bias. As much as we all want to walk around and say, no, I'm inclusive of everyone, sunshine, rainbows, unicorns, 
everyone's equal in my book. That is lying to oneself. As soon as we recognize that, then we can open the doors to these other deeper conversations. We also want to normalize the conversation. Let's talk about it. If I look across a parking lot and see a guy getting out of a pickup truck, does my brain immediately go to, I bet that guy's a redneck? That is a bias. And so in order for us to combat ourselves, we have to keep ourselves in check. So let's normalize that conversation. I should have the ability to say, oh my gosh, I'm so terrible. I looked across the parking lot, saw a guy getting out of a pickup truck, immediately thought, oh, he must be a redneck and he must have voted X, Y, and Z in the election because of that. I need to get that out of my head. So admit it, talk to people, admit your biases so that we can get them off our chest and we can become better people. Ultimately, if someone doesn't want to admit that they have bias, if someone doesn't look at their own selves and try to change themselves, then they're going to be stuck being a biased person, which will eventually lead to prejudice, which will eventually lead them to discriminating. Only they can help themselves. We can have all the conversations we want. I encourage employers to have those conversations Open up the conversation, stop the stigma, let's normalize it so that we can all be better as a group together. Thank you so much for listening. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com. And as always, keep on being a unicorn. (laughs) 